So Matt, I knew you were famous, but here I am watching the NVIDIA press conference showing off all their latest technology. And there you are front and center screen mm -hmm. getting your face RTX smashed on. <laughs> it was pretty funny, actually. They were, smashed on? Yeah, well, it was an <sighs> RTX on demonstration. Yeah. And there you are getting obliterated in obliterated. the finals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it says, you killed Matimio, center screen. I was like, hey, it's mm -hmm. Matt. It's me. I like So they contacted me and they said, hey, we would like to put you in our... They didn't, they didn't actually, but, you know, they want to put... We want to put you in. And it's like, sweet, how so? Well, we want you to get dunked on. And, well, there we are. Wait, did they contact you? No, no? they did not contact me. Okay, okay, okay. Contact me. No, no, no. I figured that was from one of those play sessions that we did. They must yeah, have recorded probably. it. I was like, I yeah. might have been the guy next to you who is like about to die next or uh -huh. something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but hey, that's pretty cool, man. One of the biggest companies on the planet. They're showing yeah. off all their latest tech. My name's literally in their presentation now. Look at that. You're everywhere, dude. It's just like... <laughs> You're going places, man. Yeah, that so everyone tell. thinks like, oh, you need to be like the top fragger, right? But sometimes it's okay to get dunked on because then your name pops up in front of potentially millions of people. So look at that. There you go. Exactly. That's why I just I just stream snipe, but I always die to, you know, yes. like the big streamers. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's yeah, Dr. Yeah. Disrespect. Let me, let me die in <laughs> front of him. Who's this level cap that keeps showing up and why does he <laughs> suck so much? Just <clears throat> It's advertising, man. Free advertising. Yeah, free advertisement, yeah. Uh, you had a good week, man. It was okay. Uh, pretty chill. Not really a lot of new games to play, but you know, pretty chill. It's January, man. I mean, yeah, they starts gonna... to kick up in February, but, and there's going to be some more stuff this this month. But the last couple of because it's the it was the holidays, and it's not like new games are going to launch during the holidays, like right on the holidays, at least. Yeah. Well, you have an unusual appetite for games anyway. You're like, I do. you play like eight hour plus days of gaming and then you're like, well, I played that entire game and other people are like, yeah, I'm still working on my backlog yeah, from like 2022, bro. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. The life of a streamer. Yeah. Most people are fine. You're like, oh, there's no new games. There's man. nothing to play anymore. Uh huh. <laughs> I, uh, sometimes you got to get creative. I, I was checking out a Zelda fan remaster that's been in the works for like eight years. It's okay. It's currently on Unreal Engine 5, which means it started on maybe, I don't know what engine I mean, it started on. It must have been on, on four. Four or three, who knows? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it looks incredible. It's one dude making uh -huh. this remaster and it, it looks really impressive. It makes me, it looks like if Nintendo picked up the Zelda, sorry, this is Zelda Ocarina of Time from the Nintendo 64. Okay. If they picked up that project and they're like, we're going to re-release our great masterpiece, it probably wouldn't look too dissimilar from what this guy has done. Really? It's quite impressive. Um, so the one thing I'm worried about is, is whoever's doing this, now that people know about it, what's going to happen with Nintendo? Because Nintendo oh, yeah. is very very protective of their of their property literally their the worst property. company to start getting into the legally gray zone with i mean yep. nintendo and disney two companies notorious like you don't mess around with their ips you do not so yeah. i know it, would, just I, suck, I, it I, would suck to spend eight years you said eight years yeah to, on it i mean and, i don't and think then it's get it shut down 
that's sort of his thing is he's doing rema- HD remasters of classic games in like the Unreal Engine and stuff. And it's neat okay. to see his work. He's pretty good at it. But this one is definitely like his his long-term project. And I mean, if you've ever played Zelda 64, it's it's a big game. I mean, there's uh-huh. like a whole bunch of dungeons and it'll if you play it from start to finish, it'll take you a while to get through it. And this dude's yeah, I like... See I see you made a video on it. It does look pretty good. It doesn't look bad. Yeah. It looks right? like a remaster. It doesn't look like a, a remake, but yeah. 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 I think it, it makes sense to a degree because the polys are so low in N64 games where you're like, uh-huh. I'm in a room. There's literally four walls in the room and no other geometric detail mm-hmm. sometimes. So remastering that. There's in only Ultra so much H- you could yeah. do. Yeah, you'd so have to he, use a lot of inspiration. You'd have you'd have to take a lot of creative uh, freedom to enhance those worlds mm-hmm. if you wanted to stay true to the actual game. Then that's kind of deviating from it. So I get it. Yeah, I hope this guy's at least <clears throat> got a great job in the game industry right now because, like, he's basically solo doing what would otherwise be like an entire dev team needed or yeah, a small much. dev team anyway. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah, to remaster an old game like this, it's it's no small. Th- Means. Yeah, I like it. What have you? Uh, what have you been playing with your I'm lack a lot of, of Tarkov? Newness. And by Tarkov, uh, I mean I'm getting dunked on, just just kicked in the face repeatedly. I mm. played uh, last night, and my uh, my little adventures first mm-hmm. two hours, getting shot in the face within the first like five minutes of the match. <laughs> Every single I went, I, I killed a scav, like yeah. started the round, spawn next to a scav, basically shoot him. And then I went to loot, bam, right in the head as soon as I start looting. Like, <laughs> oh, cool. Great. Back to back to my favorite loading screen again. Mm-hmm. That's that really is the biggest problem with Tarkov, is their loading screens. Is your not all I the 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 actual stash is basically a loading screen. Yeah. They have improved things with the loadout system. So you can like click and like basically will buy everything for you, and then it will just make your loadout, which is awesome. And that really streamlines it. But man. Waiting five minutes to get into a game on top of the the how long it took you to like get your loadout set up and then just to die within the first two minutes sucks. Sucks. Yeah. It's just I don't think Tarkov is never is ever gonna be not janky. It's just it's just yeah. plagued by all this janky stuff where the devs are like, we're gonna simulate the most realistic bullet physics ever. And somebody's like, Can we load into matches faster? And they're like, We don't care about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like it's not even because everyone's just because you'll have to wait for players a lot of the times. So it could be Timmy has just a really terrible PC and you have to wait on them. But even when you're just trying to like load back into the main menu after a round, it can take like a minute. So it's not just SSDs and, and normal hard drives that's slowing it down. There's just something with the engine or there's something with what, how they've created this game where it just, it just chunks. Yeah. Isn't one of their big updates coming up like a big visual overall? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people are looking forward to. And I, I will say, even though I'm being a little negative right now, I do think that this is probably the best state that Tarkov has been in. It's just that Tarkov has always been super jank. And so it's just way better than it yeah. has been, but it's still on a foundation of jank. Everyone seems to be kind of jumping back onto the Tarkov bandwagon with this, with this wipe and enjoying yeah. it a lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. Cause it's fun. It's it, lo and behold, if you make actually shooting the weapons enjoyable, it's almost as if it becomes enjoyable. Yeah. What a crazy, what a crazy concept. It was like, that was like that 
transition with Battlefield 1 when it first launched the weapons were like infuriatingly annoying to try and uh -huh. shoot people with because the bloom was crazy and then mm -hmm. did they as, patch that yeah yeah they fixed it by the end of the game's life cycle i mean some guns still retain some bloom but it was more by intention they're supposed to be a little bit more novice style weapons okay. i didn't i didn't know they actually changed it i thought it was just the same bloom as it was during launch they fixed it, was it really, quite it a bit it was really bad at launch yeah really really bad and then as they patch it up you're like oh man like this is one of my it became one one of my favorite battlefield games and i was like it Maybe just really was a weapon it. mechanics it's fantastic i know um broken machine plays it quite a bit on stream and mm -hmm. you know he he just he only streams battlefield games and i see him streaming bf1 a lot i'm like yep bf1's still it, I mean, solid it, atmospherically it's a fantastic game so yeah I always liked all the vehicles and stuff, man. Taking yeah. down those airships, just watching them yeah, like was, crash and burn. Oh, such a such a cinematic game. But yeah, so the gunplay is a lot better. I mean, we talked about this last time, so I don't want to yeah. like go like too in deep, but yeah, it's just it's like they've they've they're really hitting it. They're 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 hitting their stride. They're they're taking a step forward, and I like what they're doing with Tarkov. They're they're it finally feels like they're not just regressing for the sake of we're trying to make this harder for the sake of making it harder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what's coming back around to the NVIDIA stream that you were front and center stage of? Oh, yes, uh, of course. One of their cool technologies that they showed off is actually kind of related to the Zelda remake, too. It's called an RTX Remix, and it's like this technology that I guess they can pipe into a game engine, and a game developer can take... They're showing it off with like um, one of the old Elder Scrolls games, like maybe Elder Scrolls 3 or something like that. Okay. And they're basically piping in this NVIDIA, it's like AI upscaling and asset upscaling. And it was just taking like all these old Elder Scroll 3 levels and bumping them up to like modern visual. No, I wouldn't say modern visual quality, but very good visual quality where like huh. it replaces all the lighting it upscales all the textures to be hd and have all the bump mapping and normal mapping that they wouldn't have had before yeah and it's like it's basically like the remaster package you plug it into your game and it just remasters your old game your old That's low poly game. yeah i honestly i was watching it and i I just couldn't quite figure it out. I was like, how are they doing this? This seems incredible. But yeah, how is it able to decipher like what the original creative vision was for the lighting and everything? That's that's impressive if they're able to if if it's reliable and it's not just you know, yeah. Uh, you know, they're picking certain cases where it works well. I the beta's opening up soon. So so far all we've seen of it, the public has seen of it, is the videos they've released. Right. So, of course, it looks great in the videos. We don't see, they don't post when it screws up and doesn't make it look good, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. You're like, was that supposed to be a fish man talking to me over there? Mm -hmm. Or was that? And yeah. The AI thought it was a fish, you know? We don't, yeah. we don't know. But <laughs> it is neat that they're going this direction. And I think a lot of other game developers are or not game developers, but rather the engine developers are looking into this same sort of technology because uh, right now within the art world, the the two main AI techniques being used would be like text to image where you just tell it what you want and then it gives you a cool image and then AI upscaling, which is uh -huh. 
you give it an image of something that looks kind of cool or like an old photo that's maybe a little out of focus or a low res texture and it can upscale it to this incredible precision it's really impressive the ai the ai upscaling is in my opinion just as cool as the full-on image generation so i think they're pumping a lot of that tech into just textures and stuff so they're like Here's my old, ancient Nintendo 64 game with very, very, very fuzzy low-res textures. And they give it to the AI upscaler, and it's like, and just boom. upscales it. Yeah, here's, like, grass and fine detail. And you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. okay, that's pretty cool. That is neat. Yeah, yeah. AI is, is going to be changing our lives in more ways than uh, not. Because uh, I just recently saw a video where there's a, apparently a influencer on like you know an influencer sure uh like a instagram model and she's gorgeous oh Um, she's not real she's beautiful and she's not real she is all ai and she looks like a person she doesn't like it's so hard to tell because a lot of women and men too they use filters and so there's always like that kind of like weird a lot of pictures you're like is that really what you look like Mm -hmm. why is everything so fuzzy at times because there's like you know you know what i mean the filters can make it look a little weird um but yeah, the AI is getting to the point now where they basically are going to be replacing Instagram models, which is just... It's weird. Know. It's weird. It's weird. Just for people watching now, too, uh, we have filters on. If you actually <laughs> yes, saw I'm, what we looked like, yeah. oh boy. Yeah, you're... Yeah. Your screens I, I, would melt. I decided. I decided to go for the receding hairline filter. Yeah. Yeah. In or reality, you should see his hairline, hair. and no, you should see it. In re- it's like full on <laughs> Captain Picard, just all the way back. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> There's nothing. I'm just fully bald. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm excited for what some of this AI stuff's going to bring to gaming. Of course, it's always that slippery slope and crazy stuff happening. But um, mm-hmm. did you see that a uh, mid journey? Is getting. I can't remember if they're in a full-on lawsuit or if it's like the beginning of a class action lawsuit. But basically, no. a document leaked. Somebody leaked it that was the developers behind Midjourney, which is an AI image generation software. It's one of the most popular ones right now. It's very powerful. Extremely powerful. Extremely cool. I've used it quite a bit just because it's it's fun to play with. Uh, yeah. You can do it on your phone because it integrates to Discord. It's pretty neat. But uh, a a document or an internal conversation leaked that disclosed the artist's artwork who they were pulling all of their references from. And it was like, oh. a, it was something like 1600 different well-known artists or something like that on online. And they were using all of their material to generate their mm-hmm. image profiles. So I think that I believe they had denied that this was specifically their technique or like that they had used a, a specific pool of artists or something like I, I don't know the specifics of what they had said before this, but it's basically leading to a lot of legal issues now because it's just one of those weird things where you're like, okay, if you steal from that guy, that guy can sue you. But what if you right. steal from 1600 people, but only this tiny, only little, tiny little amount? Yeah. Now what happens? It's I think we've already opened Pandora's box to we a have. certain degree, but um it'll be interesting to see what happens with this legal case if it'll um instigate some sort of regulation on AI image generation or if they'll just buy the artwork and use that to make their image generators. That's, that's kind of where I see it going is that they have to pay artists to be 
like either give them like a royalty or something where if they're using their images, they have to pay the artists a certain amount, be like, hey, we're coming to you specifically. We'd like to use your your art style. And then the artist has to be like, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. But how many artists will actually do that? I and no how, are, how are you going to track officially track it? Because this is all proprietary. Yep. A, uh, <clears throat> algorithm technology that they don't want you to see behind closed doors. So right. what's stopping them from just throwing your portfolio in and mixing it up with the other thousands of portfolios? And you never really knowing. You you might yeah. assume because there's some artists who can really pick out their own style mm -hmm. very quickly, but you, you never know. Yeah, it sucks. I will, man. There, there's still a very good reason to hire concept artists. They're absolutely needed. Still, AI hasn't replaced them. Uh, you can't get very specific stuff from AI unless you're like a master with programming or setting up the prompts correctly. But uh, it's just it. It's entering this. It, AI cannot create. Um, I don't want to say unique artwork, but it can't come up with new ideas unless those ideas mm -hmm. are combinations of things that already exist. So a concept artist might be able to come up with a cool new idea. Obviously, their ideas come from somewhere too, but they might be pulling some weird idea they read about in a book when they were a kid versus just a giant pool of images on the internet. So AI is just pulling from that and it, it struggles to create new things. And that's why we're always going to need concept artists to some degree, but it is probably replacing a lot of the lesser ones as well. Yeah. So it's, it's the wild west right now. Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to get, they're going to, they're going to probably need regulation to, to reel them in. But who knows? Like you said, I think Pandora's box may be opened. Yeah. And speaking of opening Pandora's box, are you ready to enter the world of augmented reality at the low, yeah! low, low price? The low, 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 low price of $3,500. Bro, I'm in. Yeah. I could buy, I could want buy to? a car with that, but... <laughs> it's only $3,500. Well, it's Apple technology, which means it's not going to interface with anything else. <laughs> now, is this the one they showed off? Like a, a while back? Or? Yeah, it's coming out February 2nd. Oh, my favorite I, month. February 8th, something. I don't know. Early February, I believe. Cool. Um, yeah, are you going to get one and do some no. AR streams? You're not no. going to do All the other streamers are doing $3, it, $3,500 so I can... You'll make it back, okay? I don't even have an Apple... I literally don't ha own an Apple product. The only Apple product I have is Apple TV. Yeah, I need to research it more because... I don't know what it interfaces with. There right. was there there was speculation or somebody suggested that it wouldn't run all the like VR based games of which all the other VR headsets interface with, you know, you can uh -huh. more or less plug most VR headsets into Steam and run a and it'll just work. And it'll work. I don't know if the Apple one's going to do that. Somebody said it would, but I got a feeling if it's an Apple product it's just going to be Jumping through like twenty. They got hoops. their they got their whole you know closed garden thing going on. Yeah, and it works within their ecosystem, but as soon as you step out of said ecosystem, it just turns into a mess. So, yeah, Who I knows? mean, I would love to put one on and test it out for the afternoon, yeah. but yeah. I'm not going to spend thirty five hundred bucks to figure out if I like it. <laughs> I do think that it could potentially be the future in a lot of in a lot of ways. Like you, if if this stuff does become really 
prominence and it mm -hmm. becomes smaller and smaller because right like the headset looks huge but it's cool that it will actually show your eyes like there'll be display so when someone looks at you yeah. they, it looks like they're actually looking at someone and not just this are you this gonna do screen. anime eyes for you you'll just be yeah the yeah giant I, I'm eyes. Now, i've confirmed i'm gonna spend the money just for the anime eyes yeah but <laughs> It'd be, it's, it's neat. So you wouldn't need a monitor anymore. You could just sit down at a, a desk or wherever. And now you could have a TV screen you're watching or you could be doing work or it, literally. Um, it's, Assum so it's cool. Assuming it's not, I mean, for, and for anyone who's used VR for an extended period of time, the main issue I think for almost everybody is just the comfort level. Yeah, exactly. It weighs a lot. Your head gets sweaty. The lenses get out of focus. You have to shift it around. You start getting this imprint around your eyes uh there are some cool vr headsets i think um linus reviewed one recently that was like the super minimalist ones yeah like you just I saw have, that those look neat and everything but he also complained that like yeah because it creates a perfect seal around your eyes you you just start getting like sweaty inside yep. of it and it's like yeah there's there still isn't like a perfect solution for this but I think a lot of people have made this a similar conclusion to sort of what you're onto, which is that this is augmented reality is likely the future. And even if this product is sort of, I wouldn't say a failure, but maybe just doesn't make its money back or people don't adopt it in masses. It seems mm -hmm. like it's intended as a stepping stone to like the better augmented reality product. Yeah. Because eventually they could get it to something like an, like eyeglasses, like they were trying to do with the mm -hmm. Google Glass uh, a long time ago. If they can get it to that level, then augmented reality is going is literally the future. Yeah. Because then you could just have anything. I could just look over and I could have the TV running, but it's not an actual TV. It's just the the AI and the the, the algorithm working in in the glass to make it look like it is. It, which yeah. would be incredible. It would be very very cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious about it. I'm not buying one. I no. don't know. I don't personally know anyone who's buying one. Actually, I've been, I've been trying to find somebody who's buying it. Cause I just want to know What's why like? they're interested in it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I mean, I sure. I'd like to try one also, but I'm more just trying to figure out who the demographic is and I just can't quite figure it out yet. So yeah, maybe we're too old, Matt. Maybe we're just like kids. These or we're, days. Just not, we're just not hooked into the Apple pipeline. Like yeah. some others. Yeah. Like, if you're like an Apple person, a lot of people are just, they're all in on Apple. They make it, um, so annoying to use their products. I have an iPad. That's my mm -hmm. only Apple product. Um, I got it cause I like, it has a very good sketching pen and it's, it's one of the better sketching tablets. Okay. Um, so I do it with my kids and stuff, but if you get like, you can't do two factor authentication on an Android cell phone and I want to punch them in the face Why? because, uh, yeah, because it's Apple. Cause they want you to buy an iPhone to do it. Yeah. But that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. just that's stupid. And I had, um, an ancient apple ipad air somewhere like a really uh -huh. old one i hadn't plugged it in for like a year or two and mm -hmm. i had to like plug that in to like authenticate it because you needed like another apple device to authenticate so wait did you need to get two th two two factor authentication just to get the ipad or the one that yeah you're using something working? like that i can't remember what it was it was <laughs> like they, it was like logging awful. back in itunes or some crap i don't know i had an old account and it was like oh you gotta like update your stuff and it was like 
Well, we can't do it. You only have one Apple device, so how on That's... earth could we possibly authenticate your crap? I was yeah. like, are you... How, how could we possibly know it's you? I don't know, because I bought it. That's yeah. how. Send me a text, you animals. Yeah, like, exactly. send me an email. I'll click the link, you know. Oh, it's not an Apple email. Oh, okay, that's it, Apple. I'm going to... It almost kind of sounds like a dystopian future is like you have to, you know... Yeah. If, if you're not... If you, you, haven't, uh, you haven't agreed to the corporate overlords for this product, so you are not allowed to use our products in any yeah. other way. And all of the software companies are like this to a some degree, but... Apple is like Apple's on another level. Like hold my beer. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're either Apple or you're not. And if yeah. you're not, we don't like you, and we're gonna make fun of you. And you're like what? Well, I mean, it's, they literally do it with their 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 phones. Where if you text people, the color will come up different if they're yeah. using an Android, which is apparently now a thing that people will shame others. Yeah, uh, I've heard stories online of of men and women who have been rejected. Like they, they'll be talking on Instagram or whatever they do these days. I've seen that. I've seen those kind of memes where they're like, oh, you're not on an iPhone. Yeah. And then, and, and legitimately they leave the, they, they're, they're out. They're like, all right, I'm not interested in this person anymore, which at the one hand it's taking the trash out. Cause it's like, if you're trying to date someone and that's, that's yeah. the la like, you know, yeah, you just saved yourself. <laughs> exactly. But on the other hand, relationship. on the other hand, it's just like, oof, that's, that's ridiculous. It is. It is. I, it's, uh, it's been a Mac an Apple thing forever. It's like um, their famous commercial that's like uh, the 1984 sort of um, parody scene, which is like them smashing the TV and everybody waking up from their, their indoctrination and coming over to Apple. It's like, oh, you guys, oh. Are, you guys are that company now, basically. Yeah, and pretty much. It's like that at the I'm a Mac and I'm a PC commercials. You remember those ones? Oh, I do. Yeah. The, the, the shaming. Stuffy. Yeah. They're like, yeah. okay, we're going to shame you for not being the cool Apple person. I yeah. think a lot of that hasn't been as successful in some of the other markets around the world. Like I know Apple's not a huge brand in a lot of countries. So that makes me a little bit happier that it hasn't worked, but it's definitely worked over here. It's like... It's interesting how companies yeah. will try to use shame to sell their products because there's a um I used to see there was these commercials for like car insurance where they're like don't be a, a, this loser it was like this guy <laughs> this forty year old literally it was like this forty year old man living with his uh his parents and he was acting like a child and they're like don't be don't be a loser get off of your parents car insurance and be a man basically was what they were trying to say it's like so just spend needless money. So that they can look more independent. Like, what is this nonsense? You know? So I, it's pretty I, gross I, how companies. I give them props. I'm giving them props for trying different marketing strategies. They're like, what if we <laughs> yeah, shame yeah. them into spending yeah, more money? Shame them. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try and, it. Yeah. yeah. And the demographic for that has to be really small, too, because I think. At 25, they can no longer be like, uh, I almost said level 25. At age 25, they what level are you, get, Matt? Uh, 35 now, surprisingly. They have to be off their their parents' insurance anyways. So like mm. there's there's got to be like this like only small little window of people this is actually advertised towards unless there's something I'm missing about the entire thing. Unless you can have family packages that go beyond that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You're like, but my son hasn't grown up and left the house. Like he should yeah. be on our family plan. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Still, it's kind of gross how they will try to shame people into spending money. It's like, really? That's where we're at now? Shaming people?
Yeah. Yeah. I hear you, man. So I gotta, I gotta admit, it's pretty hard to talk about gamer stuff with you now that I'm like a full on game dev. I kind of forgot what it's like to be a gamer or how to talk gamer, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry. I see the gaming world from the development side of things now. Oh, so now now you're too good for talking about video games, huh? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, I'll talk to you about them, but it's going to be from the development perspective. So I don't know if you'll understand what I'm saying per <laughs> se. <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> Am I too stupid for you now? Okay. I'm a game dev now, Matt. That's what I'm yeah, trying to get yeah. to. I've started yeah, a game yeah. project and I'm I saw learning your video. I'm learning game tools. Uh, anything you want to know about game dev stuff, I can give you an answer for it. It might not be correct, but I'll certainly try. <laughs> I can at least I can at least yeah. sound like an authority on the topic. Uh, ray tracing, that's what mm. uh, it's ray tracing. Yeah, uh, yeah. multi threading. Yeah, yeah. You need a higher clock rate. Yeah, I saw your video on your announcement of how you're working a game. Did you announce what the title of it is, or have you not? Is that a work in project? Uh, no. So basically, we're doing a game jam for about two months. And uh, I, I buddied up with an old friend of mine to make this game, but uh, it's been a while since we've worked together or hung out, and it, this two-month period will basically be a good work time to figure out if we want to work together for the duration of the game. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, I need to make a company and then register the game name on Steam, so I don't want to say the name before we register it. No, that's fair. I don't yeah. blame you. So I do have a name for it, but in the meantime, I will be calling it Space Level Caps Space Game. Nice. Pew, 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 with the nice. Um, I, I really didn't think you were going to go with uh, space and um, ponies. Uh, it's it was a unique twist. I well, didn't see coming. You gotta think outside the box these days. You know, yeah. I mean, how many more survival shooters can we have? How many God, more? Not enough, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. How many more star citizens can we have? No, like you can't just keep making the same old games. Unicorns in space is really the premise of it. And I'm just excited about some of the the new mechanics we have with just like rainbow unicorns versus like yeah. ruby unicorns and the abilities. And all, the different, all, all the different abilities. Yeah, I love it. Different classes. It's great. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. When you level up, you go yeah. from unicorn to... Uh, the a bicorn? Du- <laughs> bicorn, yeah. I was like, what do you call it? Duocorn? Duocorn? <laughs> I have no idea. And eventually you'll become a tricorn. And uh, yeah, shit gets real when you're a tricorn, man. Woof, yeah. The abilities. I can only imagine. Where, where's all the horns coming out of at that mm. point? <laughs> I don't want to know, actually. No, you don't. We're yeah. going to have to put some blurry fields on the uh, screen. <laughs> <laughs> Look away, children. Look away. <laughs> <clears throat> it's funny. like the super saiyan of our game really it's like oh he's getting his third unicorn his third his corn. hair is getting longer his horns getting bigger wait mm-hmm. his horn is getting bigger is this loud <clears throat> that's yeah. cool though dude congratulations that's really neat it's cool yeah thank you i'm learning uh, three different programs at once let me just say this dude mm-hmm. some of the crap that i used to have to deal with when i was doing this back in, the day, back in the day Oh, so much easier now, man. For anyone who's had to manually UV unwrap a three, a complex three-dimensional object and then paint it by hand in Photoshop and then by hand make a normal map, dear God, like now... Miserable, I imagine. 
horrible. It's the worst. And like some people enjoyed it, but I think they're kind of masochists, you know, the same people that like whip themselves. With gonna... a... Yeah. It's just a horrible, horrible process. And every dev team had to do it. And it was just like time to unwrap the object and paint it. And it's just, and then if somebody, if you wanted to change it later, you're like, Hey, good job texturing that whole model. Uh, can do we, it again. can we add a second horn to that unicorn? And the guy would be like, ah, uh, Maybe, but I'm gonna have to like redo everything. Everything. Yeah, yeah. It was just absolute nightmare. Now I've got, I'm like using this tool called Substance Painter, and it's just like, boom, does like ninety percent of it for you. And I'm already like a better texture artist than I ever have been by just like clicking buttons. I'm like, oh, look at that! I made a, a broken like wall texture by pressing two buttons. Before you're just like taking photographs of things and scanning them onto your computer. It was terrible. That's cool. Yeah. It's awesome so, to see how much how much more accessible games are becoming. Yeah. For I mean, it makes devs. sense. It makes sense. It's been <clears throat> 10 years since I've been yeah. doing it. But coming back into it, I'm like, oh, this is nice. Oh, this is nice. I can progress quickly. I can, I can actually I can actually start seeing the fruits of my labor faster than before. Yeah, yeah. Getting into like a good workflow, building stuff in like a day, sending it out. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you got any any game dev questions, dude, just let me will, know. I will I'll I will educate shoot them your way. you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anybody else out there who wants to know, you know, believe me, I don't mind talking down towards <laughs> people and <laughs> talking down towards people? Yeah, yeah no, I've, you I've, know? I've 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 definitely noticed that over the years. <laughs> I don't hide it. You do not. I know who you're, I am. Yeah. You're very, you're, you could say it's almost a form of being humble a mm -hmm. little bit. Kind yeah. of, I'm really more humble than most if you think about it. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. The humblest, <laughs> some have said. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, uh, speaking of small game companies, do you think this is, this is a topic that I saw being discussed by, I think her name is Alana Pierce. You probably know of her. Um, yeah, I've heard her name. Yeah. Yeah. She she made a video and she was basically talking. It was a lot about like how negativity in games and stuff like that uh, sells. And you'll see channels, um, which is it feels like it gets it's getting worse. We've talked about this, I think, a little bit before where uh -huh. people are constantly just always focusing on negative. Everything is now a big deal, even if it's the smallest little thing. Um, but do you think that there is now almost a market for bad video games and that this almost is becoming a marketing and yeah, for a, sure. uh, an actual business policy to make horrible games but market it on an, an ip like the godzilla game or um uh, the oh you mean Lord like the, the king game. kong game yeah king kong yeah yeah um sorry not godzilla king kong i guess godzilla would work too Yes. But. So I would say within the indie world, for sure, right? It's like that yeah. uh, only up game. It's not like that guy made that because he thought it was going to be a, f a fantastically polished experience that people gravitated to. He knew what right. he was doing. He was making the game that was going to be so, Kirby. yeah, yeah, just mess with you. Um, it's like... It's like the old Slenderman games and stuff that were just really trash if you look back at them. But then there's that... Um, what was that uh, Metal Gear game? They made like a parody Metal Gear game. Do you remember that? No. Was it multiplayer? That one? No, no, not that one. I think it was Metal Gear. 
But there was like I a, can't remember. a parody one where they're basically just making fun of their own franchise to a degree. <laughs> the The only problem there is that it was actually a good game. So that was like one of the first times I saw a big studio make an intentionally goofy Metal sort of Gear game. Solid Revengeance. Yeah, that one. Oh yeah, that no, that game slapped. Yeah. Yeah, but that was a good game. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of a parody on games. Well, what I'm more referring to is you take, you buy, I guess you somehow get the rights to making a King Kong game. Yeah. Or, How did that happen, by the way? And then, so so that people know about it, because they're like, oh, it's, it's I know this IP, mm-hmm. it's got to be at least somewhat decent, and then it comes out and it's horrible, and then, so that's the way people know about it, and then yeah. everyone talks about it, which then sells copies because now people want to see how actual I bad hope it is. King Kong get, did not make any money because it's right, like that's what I'm hoping for too. Because I mean, you could say like the day after falls into that category of a yeah, exactly the horrible day after would be game that got a lot of press for being horrible, horrible. But I believe most people refunded that, and those guys made their money off of basically investors getting screwed over versus. Right less about screwing over the game, the people who bought the game, because I think most were able to return it for a refund. But yeah, for IPs like King Kong that maybe have, don't care about their IP as much or will, or license it out to people without as much control. Like you couldn't do a Star Wars because no Disney's all over that. If you're working on a Star Wars project, Disney needs approval before things can move yeah, forward. Yeah, they're not going to let you just throw out an absolute dumpster yeah, fire of a game. Yeah, and I've heard it makes it a nightmare, actually, to work with those IPs. So if you're a studio yeah. and you're like, I want to make a Star Wars game, let's phone up Disney. Good luck. And, like, you can do it, but you've got to, like, have a meeting all the time with them, and they have to approve crap, and it sucks. I'm sure it's just not a fun process. So with King Kong, I would imagine the only way that game got made is that they just paid the lump sum fee to license the IP or maybe it's a, we get a percentage of the sales or whatever their deal is. Right. Right. And then, but for whatever reason, maybe the deal involves, Hey, your hands off of development. We're just going to use the King Kong idea and do whatever we want with it. Cause let's be honest, King Kong doesn't really have like, um, a lore that's, that important like somebody could take it and do whatever they want yeah, yeah you could it's yeah it's you're possible, not going to be I'm upsetting sure. the king kong fans too much they'll be like hey he wasn't on the island in the pacific it's not the it origin was the story of yeah. anakin I, I i yeah yeah so they're less protective over the ip so you buy the ip and then you just do the calculation you ship a sh- crappy game that's barely playable the thing that surprised me about that one is that it shipped on like playstation 5 or something yeah, and, well, I think it's the same company that made that Walking Dead game, too, that was just horrendously bad. Yeah, and I thought PlayStation and, like, Xbox took a stronger hand in deciding what comes to the console market. Yeah, I thought but they were, too. Maybe that's just opened up a bit, <laughs> where they're maybe. just like, oh, whatever, we'll just handle it like Steam and let anybody publish their game. Like, you don't like have the, to go through an approval <laughs> process. The Walking Dead one so there is a moment where two main characters fight in the show and you have that fight in the game yeah and you're literally just shooting each other in the face like just point <laughs> just blasting each other in the face it's like what is this oh it's bad it is horrendously bad oh man you're like picking up like loot as you're fighting like <laughs> the animations nice. are really janky and this is i think like the whole point is like we're talking about it. No one would have ever heard of this game if it wasn't associated with that intellectual property. And it's so bad, but 
But like, how many people want to buy? Is that a business how, strategy? Like that's that's my question. Like, yeah. does that actually sell? Are people are we at a point now where people are just curious at like that morbid curiosity is so overwhelming? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's I think it's not really a yes or no answer. I think it's a depends because you've got like Goat Simulator, which mm -hmm. was like that started off as a joke, I believe, where they're like working on our new game and it was just like some devs just screwing around in their engine, you know, and they yep. posted it and it got yep. like a million retweets or whatever. And then they were like, hey, do you want us to actually make this into a game? Because obviously this was a joke, but we'll make it. I didn't, and then know, I it, didn't know that was the origin story, but that's cool. Yeah. And then I think they crowdfunded it or something. And so I think that's how Goat Simulator started. And so you're like, oh, cool. So there is a market. But even so, Ghost Simulator was a as crappy as it was. That was the point of the game is to make it funny and crappy. I yeah. think you have to uh, ride that line because if it's just frustrating and crappy, then okay. I mean, like, does King Kong ride the line of funny and crappy or is it frustrating and crappy? <laughs> I think it's frustrating, but... I just I thought it was know. an interesting topic because it does seem like there is, and it could just be that everyone focuses on the negativity now. It could be just that that's the culture of gaming and just really people in general these days is it's oh we're always talking about bad things and if it's never it bleeds, the good it leads, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to name any content creators, but there have been content creators for a long time, as long as you or I, who have focused specifically on negative reviews of video games. Call of Duty gamers in particular. There's channels that <laughs> all they do is talk, like you only play Call of Duty and all you do is talk bad about it. I'm like, and that's fine if you want to, mm -hmm. but you knew, know there's other, there's other games yeah. out there. I like the the gamers who have evolved from Call of who have moved past Call of Duty and now just bag on it and they're just like I'm never touching that piece of junk again. It's like yeah. listening to Shroud talk about Call of Duty or just like uh it it brings a smile to my face cuz I'm just like people respect him within the gaming world because he's incredibly good at video yeah. games and just hearing him being like yeah all these mechanics are absolute dog trash i, I don't want to touch this game it's terrible and mm -hmm. it's one of the biggest shooters out there and you're just like yeah that's how i feel about it too but nobody will listen to me about it <laughs> so I, it makes me feel good to hear him say he it lends some credibility yeah yeah when one of the best gamers in the world is like these mechanics are absolute trash like okay well he's one of the best gamers in the world you can't argue with that right yeah right i hear you <laughs> he's making a game too but with Sacral, I think. Yeah. I think it's I more of consulting. I don't think he's actually like really getting into the nitty gritty. I think it's more of just a consultant thing. Yeah. There's a whole, it's, it's not Gearbox, but it's some other studio. I forgot what it's called. Um, and yeah, they just sort of contacted and they're like, hey, let's collaborate on a project. So I don't I think they're in well. there making assets, but no. both Sacral and Shroud are smart dudes who I think could. Yeah could absolutely direct a game to be good. So I'm curious yep. about what their it is involvement a, I think is. it is some sort of survival game too. Mm. And I, I know Sacral really likes that style of game. So I, I hope it turns out well. I love that that genre. And if from someone like Sacral, who I, I respect his opinion in a lot of things, and if he can bring his own vision of trying to make something along those lines, but work, because a, a lot of these games, they... They promise the world, but they just always seem to fall short. If he can maybe have some good ideas to finally deliver, uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. 
That is one of the that is one of the more annoying things about the AAA side of development is they really have to oversell their game like crazy to get those sales right because mm-hmm. they're, they're investing millions of dollars into production they can't afford to not have it sell so they have to come up with all these gimmicks or catchy things or crazy phrases about what sets their game apart like tornadoes tornadoes oh, yeah yeah <laughs> god damn it man I swear I criticized the Battlefield 2042 trailer when it dropped for that. And people were like, stop being salty. Just enjoy the win. And I was mm-hmm. just like, you guys aren't going to like it's this. It's a gimmick. It's, it's, it's almost like it's a gimmick. And it was. <laughs> There's like Des being like, yeah, a tornado came through our firefight and picked up a container and threw it. And it killed the guy trying to snipe me. I'm like, this never happened. <laughs> it literally has never happened. It doesn't. It literally physically does not happen because the debris doesn't actually interact with the the world in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. It might have happened on an early dev build. And right. then they're like, have. they're like, oh, hey, this is way too computationally heavy for consoles. We have to turn this off now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was cool that. idea. Yeah. Just cool didn't work. idea. Yeah. Well. I hear the uh, you know the news around town is that the next Battlefield mm. game is going to have multiple tornadoes. It's going to be tsunamis. <laughs> Tsunami field. It's going to be Sharknadoes this yeah. time. It's okay. Here's the thing, premise, Matt. It's uh, Water World, right? But there's okay. only tiny little islands left, and okay. everybody's fighting over the small islands. But also because the world's crappy now, there's giant earthquakes where did all the tsunami. water come from don't matt stop ice melted okay, okay? yeah but there's only so much okay the, keep more going. ice hit earth from an asteroid that was made out of ice <laughs> okay just, just a giant asteroid ball there you thing go that solves the whole thing the planet yeah and it melts because it's a giant asteroid of ice and then, and it, just, then it just rained for 20 days straight yeah it doesn't have to rain asteroid. that it's an asteroid so it's yeah, I don't know. I didn't mean to poke holes in your... Okay, water world, small islands. Keep going. I just gave you a, a airtight plot, okay? Anyway, airtight. Airtight. Yeah. Small islands. Now there's earthquakes, tsunamis all the time. So you're mid-firefight. Oh, crap, tsunami alarm. You know, like, here comes the big wave. We gotta, like, get on the jet skis and, like, do barrel rolls off of the waves while we're <laughs> shooting each other, man. Cowabunga, bro. Sounds like a Call of Duty trailer. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It does. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think I'd play that game, but I'd I, play it. I'd, I'd, pl- play, I'd a, play the hell out of it. Yeah. I'd play a water world game, a water world battlefield where you like on jet skis and boats and stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Do you remember water world? Like I remember it. I didn't really watch the full thing though. I don't yeah. think. Well, it was like a huge deal. Cause I think it was one of the most expensive films yeah. of its time. Cause they had to build these massive underwater sets. Cause they didn't have good cgi so right let's just build the water world you're like that's gonna be expensive (laughs) and it (laughs) was was. apparently very expensive and the movie wasn't very good from what i remember no it was very silly but it was more of a cult classic i think there's like like there's a cult following behind it but it's a fun silly it's a fun silly yeah I recommend it. Everybody go watch Waterworld right now. Speaking of uh, maybe not the best stuff, uh, transitioning to, you know the show Reacher? Yeah. Did we talk about that last time? I we think have. Maybe a little. Yeah. And yeah. I, I enjoyed season one. Mm-hmm. I, I did. Uh, I thought it was fine. It was, it was, it was okay. It was, it, was, it was a fun show. Season two, though, 
Good, bad. I have to vent a little bit. So I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to spoil things. Okay. Watch out. Jason's in chat and he's defensive of Reacher. He he gave me an earful about. He can't, if he saw this episode. So I watched episode six. It is one of the worst action episodes I have seen in a prominent show in a very, very long time. First of all, a lot of, lot of, um, so there, you know, Reacher is supposed to be, I think it's based off of the. Tom so, Clancy universe, right? No, so we were wrong. Les and Jason gave me an earful about this. Okay. Um, okay. Two different authors. So okay. Jack Jack Ryan is Tom Clancy. Ah. Jack Reacher is a different author. Well, and I imagine it's based off of a book series or at least a world it where is. it's supposed to be it's a book sort series. of, you know, tactical, tactical investigation, you know, and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So you have characters that are using automatic weapons one-handed. And they're just like... Wait, how do like you comic, shoot? I, uh, I don't shoot anything, but if oh, I did, I thought you it, shot would, it would cool. I thought you cool. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're one handed while at, on the back of a vehicle. Well, I mean, um, is it an Uzi or is it a full on assault rifle? What I have are we no talking? idea. It looked like an assault. It looked like it looked like a yeah. Okay. It looked like a just fully automatic. Whatever doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and they're all missing, of course. They're missing every single shot. Yeah. Uh, there's a dude who uh, a cop who is hiding behind. Well, a that's vehicle realistic. And, you're gonna fire one-handed off the back yeah, of a true, moving true. vehicle. You should shots. miss all your shots. Yeah, but they're like they're 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 described as being like you know a special task force, like they're mm. the best, of the best, and <laughs> like this yeah. is how they this is how they fire. Yeah, yeah. Um. Then there's a scene where there is a police officer uh, who is trying to shoot at, back at them, and you you get a perfect view of what he's shooting at. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically behind him and he's like aiming up at the sky and they're in, they're not up in the sky, by the way, they're like on the ground and he's just shooting up into the air for whatever reason. I mean, suppressive fire, just the, yeah. the noise itself is going to scare them, I guess. You, you all, I always go into my filmmaking eyes and think on set, like who was telling him to shoot in the right. air? Wasn't somebody right. like, Hey, aim at them, not in the sky. Right. Yeah. Or was he aiming at them and then the director of photography was like, could you aim up a bit? Because the light bounces off the gun in a cool way when you do that. Could be. And then they got all the footage back in the editing room. And they're like, the idiot's not even aiming at them. Like, do we have right. any cuts of this? No? All right. I'll just use this crappy one. <laughs> yeah. So there's also a police chase yeah. where, uh, well, not a police chase. I should say a police officer is being chased by the bad guys. Okay. And... Uh, for through New York City, I think it's New York City, through a major city, and he doesn't call in backup. Right. Uh, as I mean, look, if you're a good enough cop, Matt, I mean, don't be a pussy, right? Man, <laughs> man just man just has people getting they're they're using so first of all, they're using automatic weapons. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it's making a ton of noise. They're driving for an extended period of time. There's no one else on the street. Yeah. And he doesn't call in backup. He then proceeds uh I don't, that's that's a little bit more spoiler. I don't want to get into, I don't want to get into spoilers for people that actually want to watch the show. Uh but let's just say um Oh, then there's a, a, you know, Reacher, the character himself, he's massive. The actor is an absolute giga chad. Uh, He goes into a bus and he hides in the bus somehow. And then the henchmen come in and he silently takes them out. Like gets behind. (laughs) Like, how did he, how does he hide? How do you sneak behind somebody in a bus? That's virtually impossible. Exactly. Did he put on a a shawl and was like, oh, hello, Mr. Henchman. The the other henchman comes in, sees his buddy on the ground, stares at his buzzy, and then he 
gets choked out. Like I'm like, what is happening right now? It's classic. What is going man. on? The it's old like, the old distract him with your dead friend's body yeah, <laughs> maneuver. Yeah, and and I love how he. You know how he was hidden? Because he was off camera is how he was hidden. He yeah. literally just steps out uh, mm-hmm. from frame and just chokes him out. It's like, yeah, yeah. there was like a seat there. There wasn't like a, <laughs> there was nothing to hide him behind. You it was just great. a seat. Uh, to get that <clears throat> shot, the, the the camera guy had to put on a narrower lens. Uh-huh. They're like, you can see him. He's like, he's like four foot wide. Just put on a narrower lens and then, okay, okay, it works now. Now yeah. step in a frame. Yeah. And so it's like the, the, a thing they say throughout the entire show is that details matter. Like that's like a catchphrase that they oh, use, boy. like details matter. Mm-hmm. And then, but apparently details don't actually matter in when you're actually trying to write a good uh, action scene. In a lot of cases, story too. Like it's starting to fall apart a little bit. Like, as I said, I really enjoyed season one because it was just fun. But man, people are like literally walking out of cover to shoot at the bad guys. Uh, a person gets shot, they don't apply pressure. They like they they they're just like oh rest in peace bro you're dead like I'm not gonna <laughs> like just everything from even from just a basic level I'm not mm-hmm. like an expert in military tactics or anything like that I play video games I'm a nerd online but to see all of these little yeah details yeah. uh just go unnoticed it's just it was it was uh, it was bad you've, I was uh, I was not impressed you've triggered Jason apparently Good. there's a reason why he didn't call in backup but I don't know. <laughs> Okay, explain all the other bad things that happened then. Yeah, there's a, this is just very prevalent in popular TV shows now. Um, it's when, when I stopped watching Ahsoka, it was like an episode where they're going on a spaceship to investigate uh-huh. a disturbance, whatever. You know, I don't yeah. know. They get into all the bad things happening over here. Let's go investigate. They find a big spaceship or space station, which has tons of guns on it, way better than their ship. And their strategy is to just fly towards it and see what happens. Oh. <laughs> and it's just like that's one str- of those. That's a strategy. You're just watching it. You're like, man, you're supposed to be one of the like greatest Jedis of all time. Uh-huh. Uh, you've, you've fought in the Clone Wars, so you must have a pretty good idea about tactics and like how to approach a combat situation. And it was just like. Let's just fly and hope it doesn't blow us out of the sky, which of course it doesn't because the plot armor is so thick, but you're just, mm-hmm. I just, uh, I had to stop watching at that point where I was like, oh, this is just going to be that show where that kind of a show. you just, you know, the main character is going to live until the music, the death music starts playing. When they start playing the music uh, where you're like, yes, something yes. sad's going to happen. You're like, oh wait, I need to, I need to pay attention now because they're going to actually let the character die. Despite all I don't, the I don't terrible mind decisions. Having, I don't mind having a little bit of a, you know, some loose plot devices used to try and move the plot forward. Like, I get it. It's very hard to write, uh, to to make everything feel cohesive. I, it's, it's challenging. But then there's just when small little things kind of add up over the time where it's like, you didn't need to do that. You, you that's just bad writing. It's just bad writing. And it, yeah. it does, it does it's take you away from it. It's lazy writing is it what is it is. It is lazy writing, yeah. Yeah, because you're and, like, you couldn't have thought of a reason like you can sit down and think of you can usually while you're watching it you can think of a better reason for how you could get somebody into this situation that doesn't make them seem like a complete imbecile you know yep. <laughs> you're like yep. hey let's let a smart person get into this situation as opposed to somebody completely incompetent in every way at which point yep. you're just like I don't respect the character anymore so I don't really care what happens from this point on 
<laughs> yeah. So needless to say, I'm a little disappointed with the season two. I, I'm I'll still probably finish it off. Yes. Yeah. I, I do like the character and it's it's fun in some ways, but man, that was a that was a rough episode for me. <laughs> I'm tempted to check it. Uh, my wife and I sat down and watched the first episode and we just both kind of like like you want to watch the second one? I was like, nah, I don't think I can handle this. It's just a I don't little think you're too missing campy. out too much then if if yeah. if you weren't enthused with the first one. I do understand the joy of watching bad stuff. It's like we were talking about last episode. I I enjoyed Rebel Moon, but mm-hmm. it really was a bad movie. It was a bad, it was a bad movie. Yeah, there was no way to uh, the, I could only say good things about the visual effects, you know, and you're like, if that's the only good thing you can say, it doesn't sound like it was a great film. So did you pay attention to why he didn't call back up? That doesn't excuse everything else that was wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Bad action. It's just. It's a symptom of modern I'm just a, film I'm just a snob now. I'm just a, I'm just a tactical, you know, gaming snob. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's my, that's my territory too, man. I'm yeah. just. I'm a, I'm a game snob. I'm a movie Ooh. snob. I don't. Re- I, you're probably a book snob at this point, right? The amount of books. A little bit. I start to notice tropes and things. I'm like, oh, really? This again? Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it in stories <laughs> when they just, especially with fantasy, because in fantasy you can make up anything you want to yes. solve a problem, and that drives yeah. me mental when they're just like, oh, oh it was yeah. the the dragon's tear cured him, and you're like, what the mm, flip are you talking about? Yeah, Shut the up. The deus ex machina stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, you just invented, you were just like, what, I don't know, the, uh, the, the leaf, the magical leaf <clears throat> tree yeah. bird cured the guy, and now he's not dead. You're like, I guess you could just say whatever you want. It's fantasy at this point. Give me some rules, yeah. man. Give it's me why, some rules. It's why for, like, animation in anime, I get really frustrated when, like, literally the only thing stopping you is your imagination, and it's another harem. Huh, go boy, boy, boy. Uh, it's, another, <laughs> it's another high school kid who becomes the savior of the world. Oh, man, didn't see that one coming. Mm-hmm. It's like literally that's why I like Attack on Titan so much is that it's such a unique world. It's such a unique universe and it executes it pretty damn well. So yeah, I love that stuff when it's when it's done. Well, I want to watch the new Miyazaki uh, film. I haven't seen it yet. I oh, hear, I haven't either. The, I, I heard the, some mixed things about it, but um, mm, I'll just have to I wait. It was good. See. Yeah. It's got I mean, Robert it's Pattinson Mi- in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Miyazaki, so it's like you have to see it because he's like the goat of anime, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you're just... God, what's going to happen after Miyazaki? Like, we're just not going to get Miyazaki-level anime anymore. Miyazaki, too. I think he was trying to, like, build up the studio, but it's sort of failing. Or they did that 3D animation stuff and everybody hated it. But it is what it is details matter and you missed a lot of them jason you are on so much copium right now i can't even i'm actually getting frustrated that you are copium so hard right now on this show bro i had to i had to listen to like a couple paragraphs worth of jason after the last (laughs) podcast when we mixed up jack reacher and jack ryan he's like i can't even (laughs) that's really funny it's all right we appreciate you jason um are you playing any, any other games lately or are you just same old same old uh kind of same old same old a little bit been uh doing a bunch of racing with uh my son with the, ki- yeah, with the kid yeah bunch of chess he's in a chess we keep playing chess i'm trying nice, to nice. help him with his his unit development um 
Yeah, no, uh, the the game dev thing really just ate up my time a lot, and I was just like, <clears throat> must dev game, and so I was just staying up late working on that stuff. But um, there have been some cool. St- I'm I'm waiting to jump into Star Citizen when something cool happens. Nothing particularly cool has happened quite yet, but yeah, a uh, very interesting leak write up uh, um, happened basically in the past couple days that. Gives some pretty crazy behind-the-scenes look at what's going on with the company and, like, all these crazy goals and stuff and um, sort of where they're going with the multiplayer. Um, I have reason to believe... I think the leak sounds pretty legitimate. The pipeline that it's coming from has been fairly credible lately, and it's interesting. It's, like, it's painting a picture of how many devs came over to work on the multiplayer, which is, like, almost 300 potentially, and then, like... Um, them setting these really intense goals and like the devs trying to aim for them. I don't, it it implied that they're aiming for a 1.0 of Star Citizen at I think the end of 2025. I'd have to look at the leak again. There's a lot of uh-huh. dates and timelines in it, but um, it sounded pretty implausible. That's not that far. That's not that far off. In, at least in Star Citizen's time scale. Yeah. Well, and it also indicated that they were interested in kind of MMOifying the multiplayer in that right now there's a lot of things that you can do, but Mm -hmm. there isn't really a guiding quest system to kind Ah. of get you out there. So that's potentially a big portion of what they're looking at. Now, again, this is all grain of salt. Yeah. Well, they said it is potentially the same amount of work as like what squadron 42 is. And right. Um, and that took a decade. So, yeah. So it's sort of, I mean, who knows now that they have the tools in place, how long that would take. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it sounded, it sounds super ambitious and this is not official announcements from CIG, but right. um, it does sound pretty, it sounds encouraging, but also a little bit crazy at the same time where I do think having a, a skeleton for, for like quests and stuff like that, that can guide people at least on a basic level to start understanding the basics of the game would mm-hmm. be intelligent. I think that would be smart and not just have it be, okay, you've got your ship now, do whatever you want. I think having some quests would be would be a good idea, but a full-on giant MMO style story quest system or even just that that would be that'd be a lot. Yeah. That'd be I, very, very difficult. I would personally enjoy if they so if you if you kind of lay out some basic quest work to keep people entertained for a while and, and some good end game quest stuff to pull from but if they released like quest packages almost like DLC where it's like here's the new system and here's a whole new line of quests and things right. that you can do and engage in like that would be great content right where it's still multiplayer where you can still fight other players and hunt for resources and claim territory and whatever. But for the people that don't want to partake in that aspect of the game as much, having a really robust quest system makes a lot of sense. And Mm -hmm. it's always going to be the worst at the start because that's when you have the least amount of quest content. But if they keep building that content up indefinitely over time, somebody coming into the game later is just like, oh my God, I have endless amazing quests to pick from and choose and do. So... I think it's that's how I would develop the game. They're talking about building out the instancing system a lot more so that when you go down to a mission area with a group of friends, that could potentially become an instanced area mm-hmm. where 
somebody isn't going to necessarily come by and destroy your whole mission because they want to drop a bomb on you or something. Right, 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 right. Which can pretty much happen now. Um, so I think they're looking into playing out instancing more, which everything said here was like, that's what I would do too, um, to progress the game and make multiplayer more interesting. So it's good news on that front. It's more just a, well, this timeline seems a bit unrealistic. Granted, they haven't announced it officially. This is just leaked information and it's coming from a bunch of corroborated developer reports or gotcha. Uncorroborate. I don't know. Corroborated within the pipeline infrastructure. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long write up though. I found it interesting and encouraging and I'm looking forward to this year because they I mean Squadron 42 feature complete 2023 means probably a launch in 2024. I mean that's what I would assume they're aiming for. You would hope so, but at this point, who knows? Who knows, man? It's Star Citizen. I had a chance to play a game. I, I don't think I mentioned this last time. Uh, hmm. It was called SteamWorld Build. Have you ever heard of that one? <clears throat> uh, SteamWorld what? SteamWorld? SteamWorld Build. Build. It's kind of like a, yeah. you basically are managing. It's a it's a city management game. You know, Anno, the Anno series? I think I've a little bit of it. Yeah, I like Anno a lot, actually. Yeah, so it's like Anno, where you need to fulfill the basic resources of, like, the peasants. But in this case, the peasants are robots. And you get, like, different kinds of robots that require different needs. And you're you're basically building, you oh, upgrade like buildings to accommodate for them, right? They so need it's, the it's, servo factories and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's essentially Anno, but the twist on it is that the way you gather resources is that you have a dungeon, like Dungeon Keeper, where you have to go down below, mm-hmm. and it becomes... You remember Dun- Dungeon Keeper back in the day? I never played them, but everyone was saying that it's very similar. And then it's grid-based, and you have to go in there and uh, like mine out and find resources down below to mine for the people up top in your in your actual city. And it yeah. combines a little bit of combat down there too. There's like a little bit of tower defense and stuff like that where you need to set up defenses to guard your actual resources and resource generation. And then, yeah, it's basically just kind of a cool mix between the two, a blending of genres almost. And it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Cool. I'll, I'll, I'm looking at the visuals of it and it... Looks like a fun little game, kind of cutesy art style. Um, yeah, it took me about eight builders. hours to beat the first level. Um, and by oh, first wow. level, I mean you, well. So there's, it's basically different maps. So it's it's okay. not really level. It's it, like I beat the game basically. You, you get and the full you, experience in one yeah. level. Okay. If you wanted, if you wanted to keep playing, you can go to different maps, which probably have different challenges, and you can increase the difficulty if you wanted to i kind of got my fill off of that and i probably won't go back but i yeah it was just a it was it was a fun blend of those of those two of those two games cool little art style Mm -hmm. uh the story there is a there is a story even though you could see it coming from a mile away um okay but yeah it was it was fun that's cool i i like games that have rta uh building city building games that have good trains in them this looks like it has okay. good trains. I'm down yeah. for that. There are, there are some <laughs> trains, yes. Yeah. I, I like trains. I like trains. I, 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 think I, like my trains. Son, I think my son would like this game because it's got trains in it. It's uh, uh-huh. I, I, was, I loaded up. There's a um, kind of a fan remake of Total Annihilation. Do you remember that game? I do, yeah. Yeah. So there's like a, I think it's free to play a little fan remake of Total Annihilation. It's actually pretty competent. It's a fun little thing, hmm. but... I loaded that up and I was playing with Jeff and 
my son, my six-year-old, and he's like, we're building robots, and they get bigger and bigger and bigger, and like shoot mm-hmm. bigger lasers each time, and I just seeing somebody kind of have that same RTS, like, whoa, this is the coolest thing ever, sort of yeah. moment. Uh, it was kind of fun to watch, see the game through his eyes a little bit, to a degree. Yeah. I like I like real time strategies. I like city builders, but I th- I think I might like city builders a little bit more at times mm-hmm. because I noticed that I like to manage my base in a cool way in real time strategies. Yeah, like this has got to look cool and also be functional at the same time. But also I need to not die to yeah. uh, invading armies. I like I like city build. I like the base defense city builders where you have to defend against yeah. waves. That's fun. Yeah. Um, I don't like having to have a base and then move your army around and fight while also building your, like that's the classic command and conquer slash, uh, having, yeah, yeah. having to fight a war on two different fronts for real time strategy is ridiculously difficult. I think it's the reason why I didn't like the command and command, not command and conquer company of heroes. Uh-huh. I recently tried out company heroes three yeah. and I hated, I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you have to manage like an entire front line and yeah. your camera is super zoomed in. You can't really see what's going on around the map very well. And I just felt like I had, like there was just too much going on. Yeah. And I, I absolutely hated it. I, tr- I tried. I really wanted to love it and I couldn't get into it. It's always surprised me that that format of RTS has stuck around for so long because just talking about Total Annihilation, which is a very old game, mm-hmm. um, Chris Taylor, the developer on that, was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this like up close in your face RTS thing. I'm going to let you just zoom all the way out, mm-hmm. look at everything in the big picture, move stuff around, zoom in over there, micromanage, zoom out. Right, because if you're supposed to be a commander yeah. who's managing the front line, you would think yeah. you would have a bigger view of the front line so that you could actually act accordingly yeah but as soon as as soon as and this is a thing it's not an issue with age of empires i still really like playing age of empires 4 but as soon as it's more than two fronts like that's i, I my brain just cannot because i can't see everything yeah, yeah. right i think and it's a holdover I, from old game tech limitations where zooming out was like we can't do a zoom out are you crazy yeah, yeah you know like that's way too much technology and Total Annihilation was literal poly, 3D polygons. It was like, here's your triangle tank type units, right, you know? Right. <laughs> like, it was yeah. very simple, so I, they could afford to do the zooming to and zoom stuff. zoom out more. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't think the original Total Annihilation zoomed. I think Supreme Commander zoomed, and I think the original Total Annihilation didn't zoom. I didn't but, have a chance to play those games, so... Okay, Supreme Commander did the zoom, and uh, honestly, Supreme Commander is uh, is a masterpiece of an RTS, and it's just one of those things that it's like, oh, it's too bad that that they didn't really continue on with that path of it. And they're going back. There's that new um, something storm game that X Blizzard devs are making. Like, basically, it looks like a spiritual successor to StarCraft. Oh, Starcraft, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like Kickstarter. Stormgate. Oh, Stormgate. So I got it. Like, I don't know. I was I was looking at the Kickstarter for looks that. ugly. It does look ugly. Oh, I just it looks don't, very ugly. I don't really like that kind <clears throat> of the mix of cartoony and sci-fi is not my favorite mixture. I don't. I don't mind it, but they re- like it. It does not like <laughs> units all look the same. I have no idea. Like I, I tried mm-hmm. watching, and this is a true for other games as well. But I really struggled to understand what I was looking at um on screen at any given time. The it just looks very muddy. It like everything looks kind of soft and round which can work, but 
you they really need to i don't i don't know there's something about the aesthetic that i'm not really fond of i'll still probably play it when it releases but i'm hoping that this isn't their final art or their final you know pass on their yeah on the the visuals of it all you know so here's a i'm not sure how this works entirely so i could be speaking out of my ass but when i saw the kickstarter for stormgate Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go, I'm looking at the page right now, and it looks very far along in development, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like they're showing you battles that look like they could, they're that look like StarCraft II battles. Like there's yeah. full bases, the UI's there, there's unit composition, they're moving around and fighting. It looks very polished, but the Kickstarter is still like they've they've made their goal. They're they're almost at two million dollars, but there's 23 days to go on the Kickstarter. Um, and I'm like, they're not kickstarting this game. It's not. So Kickstarter has become less of a kickstart and more of, uh, just a, pre-order. a different way of, it's kind of a pre-order some company. So I, I, I do do a fair, I've done a lot of fair amount of kickstarters. Um, a lot yeah. of books that you can't see in the back are kickstartered. Yeah. Um, so, so, so for example, um, it'll be like for a book mm-hmm. that has already been made, but mm-hmm. it's like a deluxe edition of it. So you're, you're like, Yes, they could have some complications of not being able to get the book done in terms of like production, but like, you know, the book's out, you've already read the book. Now you're just getting a shinier version of it. And it kind of feels like that's what they're going with. This is that you are getting you're, you're it's kind of like a storefront. You're right. Um, yeah. But I think that is also still going towards the development too, in some, in some respects. So yeah, Kickstarter is a very gray area, a very well, gray area. When you it know, comes what occurred to, to me is that this game would, is going to sell on steam, right? So yeah, I would imagine most so. people are going to buy it on Steam. RTSs don't sell on console, really, so it's probably probably won't even get ported. And if it does, yeah. it won't sell much. So Steam's the main marketplace. Steam takes a thirty percent cut for a game sale, which, mm, let's be yep. honest, is ridiculous. But they can do it because they control the market. If you buy <sighs> the game on Kickstarter, I think Kickstarter only takes a like two to five percent cut of that money. So if they use Kickstarter as sort of a pre-order type platform. To make more money that way you get to keep a lot more of that money basically right so yeah. if you're just like hey kickstart the game here's it's for the exact same price as we're going to launch the game for mm-hmm. so just buy it here early you get your kickstarter bundle you know your your cosmetic pack or whatever um then do you have to pay that 30 percent on steam i don't think you do i think you no i think you just have it yeah, you just send them the code, right? Which would be a Steam code or a launcher yeah, that's a good code. Because, yeah, that's a really good question. Is like how, because I, I don't think codes are free to make. I think, I, but I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, I think I they are because just um, having tested. Um, well, no, because I've heard from game devs that they've, well, I've heard from who knows if this is actually true, but yeah. there has been like community managers that will that will say like these steam keys are not free like oh, there is interesting. a they, they, okay. they, like game game codes like i just assumed that they could just generate a code but apparently generating codes is not just like they can't just snap their fingers and generate a code for people they do run out of codes because it costs them money maybe i i don't know i i thought it was huh. all free but i could be very wrong yeah man there must be a system in place to prevent devs from just being like buy it on steam or our website for like five dollars off but we get to keep 100 percent, and then we'll send you a code that you can install on steam yeah there's right. got to be there's got to be a safeguard in there okay yeah. i thought i was onto something but maybe i'm just not thinking about an obvious ploy that people would try mm-hmm. 
So yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but I do. I'm not a big fan of their art style right now. It just at doesn't look the, like they're the evolving the RTS. It just looks like they're making StarCraft or WarCraft again. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I think that might be what a lot of people are, want is they just want yeah. more. And because Blizzard doesn't seem to want to make another one, then that opens up that market. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where StarCraft is such a big IP that Blizzard feels like they need to have a hundred man dev team to make the game at the mm -hmm. quality that they're expected to make it at, and that's just probably not going to be profitable for them. So yeah. it does open up the world for an indie dev to make a more indie version of the, sim the same type of game. So, <laughs> And that's what the RTS market has become. It's all just become indie games now. Um, it's like Homeworld 3, which I'm looking forward to, which looks really cool. It's definitely an indie team. It's not like the big the big triple a budget compared to what the past games in the franchise have been or were at least compared to other games at that time. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's all just kind of indie. Even, even if it is a major IP like Homeworld within the RTS genre, like that's the, that's what it, that's the top of the top when it comes to like space RTS games. Um, even that doesn't look like a massive production. It looks like a small team. Yep. But that's all right, man. It's it's the evolution of gaming. Um, mm -hmm. I'm excited to play it. Um, well, play Homeworld, not really Stormgate. I'll probably pass over Stormgate. Fair, <laughs> it's fair very, enough. it's pretty looking, but it just, I didn't like StarCraft as a gameplay format particularly. That's fair. Uh, so I liked watching competitive players play it in sort of a like, oh, I could never do that, but it's cool to watch them do it and then micromanage everything yeah and the commentators were always good about um commentating a professional match so i found yep. that entertaining but it's you know it's kind of it's like i can watch golf and be entertained but i don't want to go play golf i right? want to go actually do it myself uh-huh yeah <laughs> i feel that yeah yeah what are you playing tonight no idea damn man just living on it Flying living by the, the city of pants, man. L living on the edge, yep. Yeah. Something by the city. I don't know how that phrase goes. Flying by the city of your pants? Flying by the city of your pants, I think is what it is, yeah. Okay. Maybe okay. I'll play the battle, because I think this is the final day for the battlefield event, which has got that, like, those flying vehicles. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Okay. The hover quad things or something Yeah, the else? hover. Is that, did you try that at all? Um, I think the hover quads are permanently in the game. But... I know, but there's a, there's a mode now oh, where it's, no, it's literally just, it. it's, it's just like... Each team has like a ton of them and they just fly around. I don't I'm know. admittedly pretty checked out of 2042 these days. And it's that's fair. I don't blame you. You know, I respect the devs for getting the game to a better state, but it's also just um, not a lot of content. So, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I feel like it. It's it what it is, man. Well, cool. Um, you got any, got any words of wisdom for our audience? <sighs> so, I got a great one from Queen Elizabeth. Uh, Ooh. A lovely quote from Queen Elizabeth II. Now we're talking. You ready for, you ready for this one? Yeah. <clears throat> it is often the small steps, not the giant leaps, that bring about the most lasting change. I dig it. I dig it. It's good. It's good. I like that. Yeah. I like, uh, I like Queen Elizabeth, you know? I think she has some good... <laughs> some good stuff in there i mean what else would you do as a queen right is just come up know. with cool shit to say because you're giving yeah. speeches all the time so you yeah. have to come up with a That's lot of like got. yeah you're like what could i say to really like wow these people you're like check this shit out yeah yeah let me just good throw one. that one out there boom that's for you peasants 
Peasants. <laughs> Peasants. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for watching. If you want to support the channel, you can give us a like, subscribe, hit that notification bell to beat the YouTube algorithm, and uh, hit us up on Patreon where you can watch us live and argue with us about our uh, details about not Jack Reacher, but the other th Jack... Yeah, Jack Reacher. No, Reacher. It's Reacher. Reacher. Good. Jack Reacher, written by Tom Clancy. No. And annoy people. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, come check us out live. Um, thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time. Peace out. Bye.